I'm Stephanie Cox, and this is Mobile Matters. Today, I'm joined again by Matthew Swayze. Matthew is the Principal of Marketing Insights for Salesforce.com, author, podcast host, multiple award-winning marketer, pioneer of the marketing automation space, and regarded as one of the top minds on the future of marketing. In this episode, Matthew and I talk a lot about how frustrating it can be when everyone in your company has their own opinion on marketing, why you need to stop being an order taker, and how he has a detailed process for finding mentors. And make sure you stick around to the end where I'll give my recap and top takeaways so that you can not only think about marketing differently, but implement it effectively. Welcome to the show, Matthew. Well, one of the things I was thinking about when you were talking about all this was how much of it is also because every executive thinks they know marketing too. So how many other, like, I don't go to the CFO and tell them how to do the books. Yes. Don't put it. <laughs> and, and once again, the, the reason I believe that's the case, because that's not the case for other industries. That's not yeah. the case for other departments or other verticals. And here's the only reason I believe that's the case. We're the only profession where our product is seen by everyone and everyone has an opinion on its effectiveness because every person sees an ad. And so, you know, the one of the, a company I helped start and I had to walk away from it because they had a radically different idea of what marketing was. And to your exact point, all of them were telling me what we should be doing and saying, this is what, and I'm like, no, that's actually horrible ideas. So like, well, we see other people doing it to exactly to the point before of because they see these things, they believe they know what's effective and they want to tell us what to do. We just simply become their arts and crafts department um, rather than actually an intelligent people who are experts in the field. Um, but I mean, this is the, I feel the doctors after WebMD kind of felt the same, you know, like everyone's coming to us telling us what's wrong with them and how to fix it, you know? So. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's one of the things that's so fascinating about it is I'm like, well, you know, cause especially early on in your career, you take all of that because you think, Oh, if someone higher up in the organization is giving me feedback. I should listen to it. And like, I'm not saying you shouldn't, but at the same token, like it took me a couple of years to realize that I have to ask like, well, why do you think that way? Like what's causing you to do that? Is it like your own personal opinion? Is it because you don't like it? Is it because you saw a competitor do it? Is it because someone else, which is my favorite, someone else told you that someone else was doing it and it was really successful, but you can provide me like no numbers, no nothing about it. Um, and you'd like for us to go ahead and do it. And then when it's not successful, you're going to be mad. Great. That sounds like, I mean, Sure. Let's go do that. Yeah. If we knew that was the case, none of us would have thought this career was as sexy. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, yeah, man, I, want to own. I was like, cause you know, alcohol brand, I, you know, I finally eventually got my own alcohol brand, but you know, we all want to be brand leaders. We want to run like Coca-Cola and these creative things. Cause we think it's like glorious and fun and rock star life. And then we really get into it. And it's like, I was, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just someone else's like whip and post. I'm just, I'm just their errand boy. And, of more fancy clothes is pretty much what it comes down to sometimes. But Well, and that's why I think it's important. I think to your point earlier is to figure out how you impact the balance sheet and to really question why you're doing what you're doing. And if that's what you should be doing. Yeah. And then and, and there's some other specific ways that we can get around this, right? So this is a problem. Let's just talk about this for a second. This is a problem we all face, right? Everyone faces this problem. Um, so let's just talk about some solutions that we can use to get past it. I think you, what you just said was a great, easy one, right? Tell me why you feel that way. Tell me where this idea comes from. 
So help me understand better. And I think that's phenomenal response. And I, I, I've never used it. I'm going to start using that telling, you know, because I think that's so empowering for us. I think a second is this idea of testing, right? Of we should not argue about creative. We live in a world where tests are easy, they're cheap, and they're instantaneous with instantaneous feedback. And so we should move to a testing culture. What that means is we need to think about a, a couple specific things. So one of the, the larger things that, I, that I've been a big proponent of is this idea of what I call the stretch budget, which essentially operates just like a line of credit, right? So if anyone's ever taken out a line of credit personally or to business, um, there's a couple of specific things that happen. First off, you have to negotiate the credit up front, right? So there needs to be a meeting with your executives, your boss or whoever to say, hey, listen, we look at marketing dollars as investments, right? They're going to say yes. Okay. So if we are able to prove a tactic that has a phenomenal return, can we set aside a preset budget to double down and invest further in that thing that got us a phenomenal win, right? We already know what is a great return. Can we double on that? And you just double down. Um, and they say, okay, sure. So you need to set up a budget, right? So take 10, 20, 50, whatever your budget can allow for and set that aside and call that the stretch budget fund. Then when you run a campaign, you know, you need to, uh, once again, back to the prior conversation, what will it take to access that budget? And so maybe it's 50% over goal. So if you run a campaign that produces better than 50% results over goal, that automatically opens up the stretch budget. So now you can take that money to whatever you did that was different and double down on that tactic to build out another internal case study to make your case. Um, and then the final piece is that you don't take all of that money at once. You take a predetermined portion of that, right? So maybe it's a 10th, maybe it's a fifth, maybe it's 20%, or maybe it's negotiable each time, right? These are all conversations. But the plan is you've got to have the conversations up front to set that aside. You've got to make sure that there are defined ways to access it. Um, and then that helps get you into that testing mentality. It helps get that business starting to test, seeing the value of testing, um, and as well as then produces for you two case study points that you can then use when you go back to your annual budget meeting next time and say, hey, we're asking for more budget. Here's what we've been able to do with that budget already. Here's what we think we'll be able to do with it on a larger scale. Um, so I think that's a, a larger um, you know, way to, to kind of prove it out, but, but that's another way I've seen that works very well to kind of get these ideas tested. And then, and then I think we also then have to make sure that if our executives are giving us these ideas that we agree with them that, hey, listen, I'll test whatever you want, but we're going to follow what the data shows um, and we're going to do what data says rather than, you know, we'll test your idea. We'll put $10 behind it, throw a Facebook ad up. If it works, we'll continue. If not, please don't come back with that idea. Well, and that's how I've, at least for a long time in my career, that's what I do all the time. Like, I'm, you know, if you have an idea, like, and it's, I'm happy to test it and, you know, and see what happens, but I'm going to test your idea and I'm going to test if I were to do this, how I would do it. And we're going to test it against each other and we're going to see what happens because exactly. otherwise I've gotten in situations where you test an idea without like anything else to compare it to or how you would do it differently. And it, maybe it works initially like a little bit and they're like, Oh, we should double down on this. And then you realize, well, it, it to your point earlier, picked up some of those low hanging fruit and now it doesn't work and we just double down an idea that I didn't think was a good idea to begin with, but I didn't stand up and say, well, if we're going to try this channel, we should do it this way. I just kind of took an order and did, you know, created the apple pie that they wanted and delivered it. And then people were surprised when it was like peach pie. So, <laughs> but I think you also hit on something 
uh, that, that I've had to realize in my career and you've obviously realized in yours, it, it takes a while until you get a comfort level of being able to say these things to people inside your organization, right? It, it, you're going to have to have like a person fresh out of school is not going to have in my opinion, is not going to be able to say these things because they're not going to feel comfortable saying these things, right? They know yeah. they're a junior. They're probably going to rely on everyone else. Um, you know, so I, I guess a good question is like, when, what does it take to get that comfortable to be able to say these things? Like, what does it get, what does it take us? Like, do we have to have successes under our belt? Do we have to, um, I mean, what does it take? Like, I mean, I, I'm an author of multiple books and sometimes I still don't even feel like, that I'm able to say some of these things to some people, you know, I still, it's tough. It's tough. Well, and I think part of it is, and I, like, I know for me that like something I struggle with too is I'm like, well, it's almost like like imposter syndrome, right? Like I'm, I know I'm good at it, but then I like question like, well, what do I have the right to do this and say this? And then I think what has been really helpful for me is I've just realized how many times have I done things in my career because someone else gave me the order to go do it. And I knew it wasn't the right thing, especially early on. And how many times did that frustrate me? And I, did I not speak up and did it not work? And everyone was surprised when I knew from the very beginning, it wasn't going to. And how I started at least doing it was realizing and just accepting, like, there are things I am very good at and there are things I'm not as experienced in. But if I'm, if it's something I know that I have confidence in, I'm going to speak up and I'm going to share it and I'm going to do it in a super like respectful way, which is part of the reason why I ask when someone brings me an idea of like, okay, tell me more about like why you're thinking this way. Where did it come from to get some of those insights instead of saying like, which is sometimes what's in my head. That's a dumb idea. We should not do that. But I want to know more of like, what are they really trying to convey? Cause a lot of times it's not always like run this ad or why aren't we doing, why aren't we at this show? It's really like something that's more, like a higher level concept. And then I can say, well, you know, we could do that. Or what you're saying is really, we should be thinking about potentially doing X, Y, or Z. So to me, it's just kind of like, if you approach it in a really respectful way, once you start to feel confident about your own experience and you've proven out that, you know, you know what you're doing, which I think is the big key, there's like a trust factor. So when I push back on something, people trust that I know what I'm doing. And I think there's not like a years of experience with that because there it's been different for me, at least personally, I've gotten that way on different topics at different points in my career. So it's hard because even today, sometimes I'm like, Oh, why would I share my thought on this? Like on social media. And then I talk to other people, like I'll have coffee with other people and they're like, you really should talk about this more. And I'm like, I get it's just what I do. I didn't like, I never thought like I was good at like necessarily like good at it enough to share it with people. Um, until I had those conversations. No, 110% agree. So, and there's so much we can just learn from each other. And I think part of it oh is, God, yes, yes. You hit it on the head, right? So I'd started these things called office hours. Right? Yes, I know. I love them. I haven't been to one, but I need to come. I saw that you started that a couple weeks ago, maybe, or has it been longer yeah, than that? Three, three weeks. It's been running three weeks. Um, don't everyone jump on cause it's like, it, it might flood it, but whatever the point is it's, so this is kind of where it, where it all started. Right. So during my first startup, I back to the exact point you just made, right. I'm very good at specific things. And that was like sales and marketing, but I didn't know anything about, you know, growing a business technology, 
um, you know, all, all the other aspects that, that a startup has to have. And so I said, all right, well, and I think it was 25 at the time, right? So it's like, well, here's what I need to do. I need to find a group of people that are smarter than me that can help in all those things. So I created this thing called the Gang of Five. It was actually eight people, but, the, you know, we're markers. We just like things that sound cool. We like cool names. Yeah, we like cool names. So it's called the Gang of Five. And create this gang of five, and there were, you know, everyone had different expertise, and, and, they were, and we were all in, in Atlanta. And we would meet every Friday at 11 o'clock at the Starbucks on 10th and Piedmont in Atlanta. And it was essentially free consulting for each of us because we would all work together, and everyone had amazing insights um, that, that just helped everyone in immense ways, and we were all better because of it. Um, so then I started these office hours and, you know, if you get on one, you'll, you'll notice the first thing I'm, I'm trying to say is that this is a conversation between all of us. We all have insights and we all have intelligence to share. Um, you know, I, this is not a ask me, I'm your guru session. Um, you know, this is a, let's just all work these things out together. And we just take topics as they come and, and I propose questions just as much as other people propose questions and ask and answer. Um, and it's so refreshing with it when you start to, you know, learn from each other in these collaborative ways and you realize like everyone has got something to add, um, you know, whether it's a new tool you never heard of, whether it's an, uh, an example that they're doing, um, whether it's a fresh perspective, a unique take on an existing idea, it's just so many things that we can learn from each other. Um, you know, and once again, like people are self-selecting into that. So if you're wanting to learn, Right, you're already probably in that mindset of you have been doing a lot of learnings. So it's just kind of cool that you get to work with all those people. Um, totally, well, everyone has a dad. Every, exactly. Well, and that's why, like, one of my own personal rants is like how many people share images, like on LinkedIn or in conference presentations of their tech stacks. And I'm like, that's awesome. Except you just basically told me how much you spend on technology. You didn't tell me exactly like how you use any of it, how many people are on your team that are required to do it, what your strategy is. Like that's not helpful, except now someone else just saw a successful company uses this platform and now thinks that they should buy it. Yeah, we're silly. Like I just wish, like that's where to me, it's like what's more helpful is for me, you to tell me, oh, here's like who I use for my video. And let me tell you why I use them, how many people it takes to run that, what it was like to get that up and running, what my strategy is behind it, how much time it takes. Like that is actually helpful to people. So I wish we could do more of that. I wish people would be more willing to do more of that and stop acting like what they're doing is like the secret, secret recipe that they can't share with anyone else. So this was a, gr a great conversation. I would love to know if I'm starting out in my career, like fresh out of school, I'm super fired up about marketing. What would you tell someone that they should be thinking about or doing or how do they, how do they be successful overall? Like what are the, I know you talked about learning a lot, but is there anything that you would suggest yeah. they should think about? Yeah. So I, you probably have tons to think about, right? So let's talk more about like life advice rather than marketing advice on this one. Um, and so there's two things I think that you have to do if you really want to be successful. One is you have to be a constant learner. Um, and that means constantly learning, however you want to do that, whether that means listening to your favorite podcast, whether that means reading um, authors, whether that means, you know, reading blogs, going to events, however you do it, it needs to be a standard and normal part of your everyday. And, and let me give you a really clear example of how this plays out and how few people do this, right? When we were like hitting rocket ship growth at Pardot, right? We were interviewing so many people because we we're growing so fast. And one of the questions that we would ask 
during the interview was, what if, what have you wanted to be great at? Tell me something you really wanted to be great at in life. And people would give you all kinds of things. For others, they wanted to be a great base. They wanted to be an Olympic athlete. They wanted to be whatever it was. Didn't matter. And then the follow-up question was, well, what did you do to do that? Like, tell me the process you went through to be great at that. And you'll find out really quickly it, what people's actual level of want is, right? If they say, I want to be X, yet they never practiced, yet they never went to any events, they never got a coach, they never did any of these things, right? They're actually, they, they have an idea that they want to be good, but they don't understand what it takes to be good. Um, and so we would, who we would hire are the people who actually would give us exactly what they did and had very detailed processes. Um, so it was people like, hey, you know, I read this book, I read this book, I follow this author, I go to these events, I'm in these communities. People that are active in learning and moving themselves forward. Um, the second is you're going to need to get a mentor, right? To, to, it, you need to have somebody on your side that can give you personal direction um, and be able to, to help you and help guide you um, through these things, right? Mentors have been one of the biggest factors of how things have been, of like things that have worked awesome in my life, right? I've got a very specific process of how I find a mentor, um, of what I do with them, of how I get things. Um, that's not important. What's important is that you realize that you need to learn in multiple ways and that you are active uh, in learning those multiple ways. And then I'd say that's number one. And, and number two, I'd say is expand your idea of where you're going to find learnings from. Um, you're going to realize really quickly, you can only read so many marking books until you hear the same thing over and over and over. You can only read so many business management books until you hear the same thing over and over and over. There are so many great insights from my conversation with Matthew that can really help transform how you think about marketing. Let's dive into my top three takeaways. First, you may think it's crazy to give your CFO advice on how to do their job, but don't be surprised if everyone in your company finds it completely acceptable to tell you how to do yours. We've all been there and it's frustrating as hell. I wish I could tell you how to make this not happen, but I haven't found the magic bullet yet and I honestly don't think there is one. But you can better control it. So stop being an order taker and start being the kick-ass marketer you are. Start asking why when they think you should do something different. You need to find out what's driving their comment. Then you need to be willing to test everything. I'm a huge proponent of testing ideas that others in the organization bring to me. I'll test them against what I think we should do instead and let the data prove what's the best strategy. There's no reason why you can't rely on data to drive results and you need to get comfortable with pushing back. Earlier in your career, it's gonna be harder, I get it, but at some point you need to learn how to respectfully push back. You're the marketing expert, you know what you're doing. Don't forget that. Next, there's so much marketers can learn from other marketers. I wish more people were willing to share what works for them and what doesn't. It's not a secret recipe because what works for you may not work the same for me in my industry. That doesn't mean I can't learn from it. So I'm putting it out there. If you have any questions about what I do in marketing, just ask. I'm happy to share anytime. Finally, one thing about marketing that I think some marketers often forget is that part of marketing is learning how to deal with failure. Nothing you do in marketing will always work. You will fail. Sometimes it'll be a small failure like sending out an email with a misspelling and other times it will be an epic failure. You need to learn how to deal with failure, how to learn from it and how to move on from it. Now, here's my marketing challenge for the week. Make a list of five marketers or other leaders you wanna learn from. Do your research and creatively reach out to them with a detailed reason why you want to have them as a mentor and what you want them to teach you. All of them likely aren't going to say yes, but you'll never know unless you try. I'm Stephanie Cox and you've been listening to Mobile Matters. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. 
Until then, be sure to visit Lumivate.com and subscribe to get more access to thought leaders, best practices, and all things mobile.